Hi, I'm Harry Wheeler, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another NL Full-Time. Luke Edwards here with you this week, an absolutely bumper podcast ready to go for you. And on the line today, we have Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Hello, Luke. Yeah, Rob is taking a week off. Tommy's uh, otherwise indisposed, so it's just me and Chris, which is just as well, really, because we don't have a lot to talk about, Chris, because we're letting the interviews do the talking this week, aren't we? We absolutely are. We've had, like you say, we've had an absolutely bumper week of interviews, and uh, yeah, congratulations to the team. I don't think there's uh, there's anyone else who, who's shoving so many interviews that we have this week. All four of us were at a different game this week, which helps. So we'll start off with the game you were at because Salford went top after a win over Maidenhead. And Chris, you saw them midweek when they beat Hartlepool by three goals to nil. We'll get on to Salford in a minute, but we'll talk about Hartlepool first. Chris caught up with the Hartlepool manager, Matthew Bates, after the game. Coming to places like this, obviously Salford are going to be up there at the end of the season. What's your mentality before you come into the game? What's the team? Are you going to push for a win or are you looking for the point? Or No, we want to win every game. We've got a good squad. I think you've seen that first half. We matched them and that's our mentality. We want to get points on the board and home or away, we set up to win the game and... You know, of course, sometimes you come to places like this and you get a point and you're happy, but you know, mentality before the game is always to try and get the three points. Well, I just wanted to ask you about uh, Marcus Denanga because he came on, he did a brilliant job. He, I think he shot almost, scuffed the post, the crossbar a little bit when he came on, and if that had gone in, it could have been a different game. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, it, it was more, more of a half chance really than a, than a good chance. I mm. think it's fair to say he's done well with his, how he's turned the shot. And, you know, like I say, it's fine margins. If we if that goes in or the one that Paddy has, Paddy has in the first half goes in, then it, it's a different game. But, you know, it wasn't to me. And how much still do you put in an unbeaten run? Because that was nine matches. It would have been ten today. Is, is it something that you you sort of cherish and you want to you want to extend even further? Or um, is it something that it doesn't matter? You just jump back on the bus again? Well, in one sense, you do want to keep it going. Of course, you do. But in the other sense, like I said, it doesn't really matter. Does it? It's, it matters where we are come February, not where we are at the moment. You know, we will lose more games this season. That's football. You know, so it was always going to end some point, and sadly, it ended today. So that was Hartlepool manager Matthew Bates. So looking to bounce back after Tuesday's defeat to Sol and they were 1-0 up against all the shot until quite late on and Matt McClure grabbed an equaliser and Rob was a bit underwhelmed by Hartlepool I mean all the shot as we joked about last week all the shot get beaten away from home every week they didn't this week they fought back to draw at Hartlepool and Chris what are your thoughts I mean you, you, you thought they were quite unlucky to lose 3-0 on Tuesday didn't you I thought they, I thought they were unlucky to lose 3-0 they probably did deserve to lose the game in the end but on the first half performance Salford and Hartlepool were, were pretty equal Hartlepool certainly had something they were really unfortunate on the, ga- the game on Tuesday night that they had uh, they had injury changes and, and, and things like that but uh, I thought they looked pretty lively on, on Tuesday night and I was surprised actually no disrespect to Aldershot I was surprised they didn't win against Aldershot yesterday um, especially at home but they've certainly got something and um, you know Matthew Bates he's, he's got a lot of experience there uh, they've got a lot got a lot of good players they've really got a lot of good players they try and hit teams on the break, break they try and play wide they try and play down the flanks and I thought they were okay now obviously Rob saw them yesterday and he might have seen a, a different Hartlepool but I thought they were lucky to lose 3-0 on Tuesday and I, think, I still think there'll be a playoff candidate Luke 
Yeah, I mean, Matthew Bates even admitted that they weren't at the best. He said, we're probably lucky to be ahead and also lucky to get a point. He cherished the point, as does Gary Waddock. So I think they're both pleased with a draw. Rob thinks they might, Hartlepool might just miss out on the playoffs because he had the strongest team out. But maybe if they didn't play to the best, you'll see a different Hartlepool team later on in the season. As for Salford, Chris, I mean, they're really hitting the straps now, aren't they? I mean, that's six points over the, well, nine points over the whole week, over the last seven days. And, and they've gone top of the National League now. They absolutely are. They're the real deal. They, they really are. And um, when I saw them on Tuesday night, I tell you what, I think I've seen the best player in the league, and that is Tom Walker. Tom Walker was absolutely different class on Tuesday night. He was quality. He was a player that you looked at and you thought he should be playing league football. Now, obviously, Salford fans don't want him to, to do that, or maybe they do next season with them. Um, but he was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday night. But And you've got people like Adam Rune that, to be fair, on Tuesday night, he didn't actually do that much, but he scored. He scored a header. He lost his marker from a corner and scored a header, and that's what he does well. I believe congratulations were in order for him as well, because I believe he's had a, a baby this week. Well, he's, <laughs> his yeah. partner's had a baby this week. Um, Performing but, miracles uh, and having babies as well, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were really, really good in a 15 minute spell because as I said earlier Hartlepool and Salford they were they were fairly equal for the first half but they, they just blitzed him in the space of 15 minutes yeah and Tom Walker seems to get better and better and better I mean he, he started off the season at SC United last season did really well went to Salford and you saw him was really impressed with him and he seems to have gone up another level this season as you said oh he really has He's, he just stands out now he is quality and I, the performance he put in on Tuesday night was probably the best performance I've seen from a player in the National League over the last couple of seasons in terms of Salford I mean they've got the players to do it now they've got the armoury there they were, they were always good at home it was their away form which was question marks over but over the last couple of weeks they've answered those critics and to go down to Maidenhead tough place to go managed by Alan Devonshire who admitted on Saturday that he weren't at the best it was a really poor first 45 minutes but to still go down there score three goals as I said he seemed to have worked it out now how to play away from home as well yeah and we've spoken about this before Luke in the, the fact that you know Salford it's it's the first time they've been in a national division if you like and they were struggling a little bit when they were going away to the uh to the teams in the south and southeast and what have you, but it looks like they've sorted that out now. And uh, three nil is comprehensive, isn't it? And um, yeah, another goal for Union there as well. Yeah, and Devante Rodney's first goal for the club as well. Uh, speaking to a Fleetwood fan midweek as well, they said that with Graham Alexander, they'll never be out of a game. So, so even if they're losing, they'll always just be maybe no more than two goals behind, so that they can fight their way back into that. And he's instilled that mentality into them now that. Not only are they good going forward, like you say, Chris, they can have 15, 20 minute spells, but they'll be hard to beat now, won't they? I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And they've got, they really have got strength and depth, haven't they, as well? And the defence is sort I mean, Pierre Gianni, you've got Pond at the back, and they're real solid players. It's difficult to get past them. And, um, you know, I saw a couple of last ditch tackles as well, so even if you do get past them, they're going to come back at you. And uh, they look the real deal. So Salford went top because Leighton Orient, they suffered the first defeat of the season. I suppose. 
it had to come to an end sometime, but it came at the hands of Sutton, who loved to bloody the noses of the teams at the top. And um, I think many people maybe expected Sutton to get a result there, but maybe not a three points, and to stop Leighton Orient scoring. And uh, what a fantastic result that was for Sutton. Yeah, you've got to look at that and think that's probably performance of the day in the in the National League, to beat Leighton Orient, who are going so well at the moment. <clears throat> it's an absolute cracker by Jonah um, and Younger as well. Absolute cracker from the edge of the area to win it. Now, I know Leighton Orient hit the cross crossbar in that game and they were piling on the pressure but for Sutton to go away and win uh, there is a bit of a statement for Sutton they're always there and thereabouts aren't they always through the season they're there and thereabouts and um, I think they'll be playoffs at the end of the day yeah and he bounced back well from being 2-0 up at home to Dover on Tuesday night and throwing it away to draw two each and Tom caught up with Craig Dundas after that game who's now a coach at Sutton but playing for Hampton and Richmond Borough as well with South London football legend Craig Dundas um, Craig you've uh, taken up a dual role this season uh, working at Sutton United on the coaching side and also playing back at Hampton and Richmond um, how are you finding it dividing your time between the two same as what we were doing before um, I'm only one day a week at Hampton um, on a Thursday and I'm training with the lads in the mornings um, through those days so Royal really changed that much what I've been doing but it's just added um, somewhere else on another day. What was your perspective on the game tonight? It was it seemed like a clash of two football ideologies maybe? Uh, yeah we know what they're like, um, they like to play simple football, uh, just get it in the good areas and stuff like that. Um, we do want to play when we can get it done as well, it's just one of those things where we're used to playing against them, it's tough, always tough games against them um, but yeah they do like getting it in the mixer as they used to say as the old term um, but we do like to try and play football it's just one of those things where they've kind of got the bounce today um, but first half we was had a better off first half I mean they had a little spot near the end and it kind of continued for the second half um, but uh, yeah when they go down to 10 men as well kind of hard to take them nicking one at the end but um, we dust ourselves off and we go again for next week uh, moving to your playing role at the moment, um, not many players get a mural of themselves at a club. You've moved on this season back to Hampton and Richmond. Yeah. How's the change of scenery suiting you? I've been there. Well, I was at Hampton before anyway, so I've kind of used to Hampton there. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird playing for another team when you've been at a club for so long. Um, but yeah, as you're getting older, you do want to keep playing as long as you can. And with my role at Sutton, I'm kind of helping me in the transition of the other side of the game. So when I do retire, I know what it's like to um, work with players and so forth uh, You've got a couple of goals already this season big changes at Hampton over the summer Yeah. how well is Gary McCann's side faring in, in the league? Um, yeah well we're third in the table at the moment um, which is probably ahead of where you'd, you'd think it would be bringing a new team together um, but yeah everyone's settling down well getting used to each other's traits and so forth um, so yeah we had a, had a good start for a new team so kind of it's going well Great stuff, thanks very much. So that was Craig Dundas, the, the South London football legend, as Tom calls him. Uh, really good result for Sutton, as we said there. Wrexham, they were having a bit of a, a wobble. They, they lost last weekend and then they drew 0-0 at Harrogate, but they bounced back with a 1-0 win at home to Barnet. And important win that for Wrexham, just to keep in touch with those leaders. Yeah, very important. Their form's not bad either week. They, you know, they've won three out of the last five. They've uh, they've got a really good not goal difference, but they haven't conceded many. They've only conceded eight goals. Now I think the the next best team is is AFC Falso with seven, so they're really difficult to score against. And they showed that on uh, on Saturday as well, didn't they? With that one 0 win, so sometimes it only takes one goal, and they've got three points, and that's what they did yesterday. 
Now we said last week how would Harrogate Town react to the defeat at Hunter Lake Orient? Well, well is the very well is the answer. They drew nil nil as we said with Wrexham on Tuesday, and then they went down to Bournemouth and won by four goals to two, and they are now in third position. And Chris, hats off to Harrogate. They could have felt sorry for themselves. They could have even started to go on a bad run after that defeat, but they've responded really well with four points. Absolutely, hats off to Harrogate. They haven't scored either week in the last couple of games, so to bang four in yesterday was a was a real boost for them. And I actually watched the interview with Simon Weaver at the end of that game, and what I noticed about that was that he wasn't he's he's not content with being third they want to win the title I think um, and he was talking about he'd still like to see great consistency with the with the passing he, he, he sounds like a man on the mission I think they've got big plans at Harrogate and I think secretly or maybe not so secretly they're looking for for league football next season and they're looking to do the business and uh, that'll be a big relief for, for Simon Weaver and his men as well because uh, if you don't score for a couple of games you do get a bit weird don't you but four goals is again another statement yeah it'd be interesting to see actually I mean do you think to go straight through might be a bit too early for Harrogate to go straight into league football do you think maybe they need a season in this division perhaps yeah perhaps it's going to be difficult for them isn't it um, with the form that Salford are in Leighton Orient are going well you've got Wrexham in and around that, that area as well FC Fylde so it's going to be difficult for them to go to go straight up but I I think they're going to be in one of them upper playoff spots I really do um, because they've hit the ground running and apart from those last couple of games they score goals for fun they're, they're scoring two goals a game normally so when you've got that kind of firepower you you've got you give yourself a chance now too early maybe maybe they, they do need to bed in at this level but they're looking good like they really are so we'll look at the teams just below them as we mentioned we already mentioned Hartlepool and then you've got a cluster you've got Gateshead FC Halifax Boreham and a team we've kind of snuck up over the last couple of weeks Eastley they got a really good win at Gateshead yesterday through Josh Hare and he got man in a match in that game as well but Eastley are just starting to quietly creep up the table Chris and they're going to maybe trouble the playoffs shortly yeah they're a bit of an enigma aren't they uh, we always say Eastley are a bit of an enigma and uh they haven't been that great for the last couple of seasons but if they can start they can start winning games like that like yesterday I mean is that the longest trip in the division it, it's got to be close hasn't it mm. or Joshua Hare scoring late in the game and uh, that'll send them home happy and it'll be interesting to see whether they can put a run together and, and get in the mix this season because as we said it has been a disappointing few years for Eastley to back up the, the Enigma status, you look at the home and away records, they're exactly the same. Three wins, one draw and three defeats and the goal difference is similar as well. So they're always close wherever they play easily. Just above them is uh, FC Halifax. I went off to see them against AFC Fylde on a Tuesday and it was an entertaining 0-0, especially in the first half. Fylde had a header which the ball maybe looked to have crossed the line. Uh, the video suggested it did. And then Halifax had a, a couple of chances themselves, looked really dangerous on the break. They hit the bar via Jay Lynch's hand in the second half and then Ashley Chambers missed a sitter right at the end. Uh, Halifax, they followed that up with a good draw down at Bromley 2-2. Um, but I caught up with Jamie Fullerton after the Fylde game to get his thoughts on the season so far. Jamie, in terms of the season, played a real good side in Fylde. I mean, where, where do you think you are at in terms of, do you think you can reach to the next level or do you think you're at the, the right level at the minute I know you've got a lot of injuries haven't you as well yeah I think you, again you know I use the word balanced context regularly uh, and I think you've got to look at that uh, the teams that we've played we've played 
I think it's seven out of the top nine, mm. mostly away from home, mm. and we've went toe to toe. Um, we've matched them uh, with good performances uh, and some uh, some excellent results. Uh, so, so I think whilst it's it's great to see that we are looking to progress and improve, uh, and rather than reflect on what they are and who we're mm. playing against, it's more to do with how we can improve. And I think there's great. There's a great growth still to come from ourselves, uh, although we're, we've improved and we've progressed from where we were last season, mm. from fighting relegation. Mm. You know, we've still got to remember where we are and 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 where we want to get to. So, so I think mm. there's still great room for us to improve in many aspects of what we're trying to do. I was going to ask that in terms of because obviously you, you kind of finished quite comfortably in the end you avoided yeah. relegation is, is the aim maybe to look at the players because you started off the season really well in the playoff place is that something you've, you've challenged to the players and say look we can get in the playoffs we can get in the mix I, I, see uh, in terms of, of, of expectation or, or remit and it creates disappointment uh, the only thing that we look for is an improvement and progression from where we were last season so if we can improve our performances which we have done this season then that will hopefully manifest into results and score more goals mm. concede less yeah. and we'll finish higher than we finished last season now you know that that could be seen as cliche type uh, manager speak but no I, I truly believe that that we're looking to progress mm. and we're looking to improve in all aspects from performance to results to goals conceded, goals scored, and and I think you know the barometers, the fans, and and the, and the fans see that we're trying to play in a certain way, uh, and and if we continue to do that, then then hopefully we will finish as high as we can and improve on what we were last season. This is the first time seeing you this season. One thing I noticed was you were very organised, even though you were at home. You knew you were up against a good side. If you probably went to f- out football, then they probably would have beaten you. So the discipline was there, wasn't it? And you looked dangerous on the break. Uh, I presume that's different things you've drilled into the players against different teams. Yeah, and again, I think it's what you do. You've got your own principles of play and you never veer from them, but it's how you apply and adapt those according to who you're playing, whether you're playing home or away, or what their strengths and weaknesses are. And again, you know, it's great credit to the group of players that we have, that they have buy-in. They believe in what we're asking them to do. And, and what helps with that is getting results and, and, and producing performances, and hopefully that will continue. Excellent with Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. That was Halifax manager Jamie Fullerton and the safely uh, ensconced in 10th place. Now, as Jamie Fullerton mentioned last season, they're always looking over the shoulder uh, last season. I don't think they will be this season, Chris, will they? Uh, no, I don't think so. I remember the telling things from that interview where I thought was that you said, you know, we've played seven of the top nine so far. Um, they're in 10th place. I think they're very well placed. Now, I've got a question for you actually, Luke, on this one because the you know, they're quite a demanding crowd at Halifax. They want success, they've they've been used to league football in, in previous seasons. How how do you think the players are sort of managing that kind of pressure? I, from from your opinion, from when you were there? It was difficult because the fans were getting on the back, but I think Halifax got the tactics spot on because they did try to go toe to toe with Fylde. They'd have been beaten. They, they played a bit like the away side, which is no shame in that because Fylde 
there was a 20 minute spell at the start of the second half where he just passed and moved and he passed the ball to death and the fans were saying get the ball off him it's not that easy let's be honest <laughs> no they kept the shape really well but there were always a threat on the break with Jonathan Edwards up front as well um, and Dale Southwell they've, they've got goals there it just didn't quite happen from going forward at times but as I mentioned in the interview to Jamie Fullerton what I was really impressed with is how organised they were they kept the shape and in the end Fylde ran out of ideas save for that um, chance for Ashley Chambers at the end I think it was the only time somebody really got free in the six yard box but apart from that Halifax do look at a side difficult to beat yeah, and Luke, and let's face it, if Jonathan Edwards can take his triple jump form into uh, into the game, he'll, he'll be fantastic. Well, it was funny because he actually got given man in a match by the sponsors, which the crowd found quite amusing. I mean, to be fair, he was a threat and he had two chances, which he probably should have done better with, but he's still young, he's still raw, and he'll get better. You've got to get that blend, don't you? You really do. And um, But as you said, I mean, Halifax are, are well-placed at the moment, and if they are, they have got games coming up against teams below them as well, so probably be probably a good bet to uh, to keep sneaking up that table. Yeah, Fylde, they'd had a couple of disappointing draws up until then, but they had... Um they had a good fixture to get back into, shall we say. With no disrespect to Braintree were bottom, but Fylde went and won by three goals to nil, as you might have expected. And they've gone back into the playoff places now. They've leapfrogged Hartlepool. And just before we move on to look towards the bottom, Chris, I mean, Solihull Moors, they just keep they just keep doing it, don't they? They, won't, they had a really long trip down to Haven and Waterlooville, won by a goal to nil in the last minute through AD Youssef. But they're not only on the edge of the playoffs, they're well in them, aren't they? Yeah, mate, a surprise of the season, possibly, so far I mean to, for them to be fifth at this stage is you know that's dreamland isn't it and look at the form as well recently they're, they're absolutely fine what's that four wins out of the last four and it's runs like that that get you in a position don't you and once you get in that sort of position you can you can afford to draw the odd game and you're still well placed and uh, I mean that is that is some turnaround isn't it that's that's amazing I mean we thought they'd be playing in um, in, the, in step two at this stage uh, this season, and uh, and they're not, and they're absolutely flying. And you know, hats off to them, fair play. Yeah, they look they look goners, didn't they? And I wonder if Mark Yates is regretting his decision uh, a little bit now to go to <laughs> Macclesfield, yet to win a game in the football league, and then he's looking at his former charges with his assistant flying. Well, possibly. I think that uh, that ain't no loss in midweek as well. Won't we'll, we'll have done. <laughs> Mark Yates is nude any, any good either we'll head down to the bottom now it's a Braintree are propping up the table just above them no Dover as I said they fought back well to draw 2-2 at Sutton and Tom whilst he was on that game after he caught with Craig Dundas he caught with the Dover manager Chris Kinnear I've stood with Dover Athletic manager Chris Kinnear after his side just pulled off a pretty commendable 2-2 draw Chris you've had a difficult run of form 2-0 uh, down after 15 minutes you must have been feeling the worst yeah but as I've never criticised the players at any time they're always going to give 100% these boys yeah we've had to rebuild the side last year from last year as we have done the last few years and if you look compared to the experience of their players there's a lot of our lads that have only played well 10 games in this in this league 10 12 games in this league ever uh, so it's not it's, it's not been easy for them but it's a good experience and if they if they w- didn't have character they'd have just laid down and melted uh, but today uh, they didn't and if that overhead kick from Toby so silver had gone in uh, we could have won the game so but great character uh, which has never been a question it looked to me from the sidelines about the 35 minute mark that Dover were taking charge of the game 
um, and towards the end of the match you looked more likely to go on and win do you feel like you turned a bit of a corner well yeah I mean to be fair we had a couple of good results early and uh, so we mustn't get carried away uh, I mean it's, our fitness, fitness will never be a question I've got good athletic players I mean but it's just experience and you can't give people experience uh, and every game they're learning from the experience I mean, it didn't look like it at the first 15 minutes did it but uh, but again you know words were said at half time uh, everyone took it on board and deservedly got back into the game I have no doubt about that you've spoken about rebuilding you've spoken about the youth of the team You've always been known for building teams out from the back, and in the summer you lost three big defenders, um, some of them quite late in the window, such as Giancarlo Galapuoco. Do you see the defensive form improving as this team gels and matures? Well, I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, yeah, we've lost, we've, we've lost good defenders, uh, but that happens every year. Uh, and we've brought in inexperienced defenders, really, haven't we, unfortunately? But, uh, you know... Th- it's not, it's not for the want of trying and not for the want of learning. Uh, I'd like to think that. I mean, fortunately, everybody's pulling together at the club. Uh, probably it's the closest anyway. We've been, everyone's been. Our supporters didn't weren't whinging at 2-0. You know, directors are trying to do everything they can to support support the team. Uh, so probably this is probably a turning point, I'd like to think, with the club, knowing that we're all in it together. Uh, so that, that's a massive, massive thing that we've got now. Uh, so so, yeah, hopefully, uh, but there's a game against Barrow and they're a very good side. You've talked about the supporters there. Um, at other clubs, um, it will be possible for the pressure to be being applied, but the fans are seeing your name there towards the end of the match. That must be a good feeling. It is. I mean, all right, my family have been connected with this club for many, many years, haven't they? You know, my son played here, my father, um, mother watched the game for the last 30 years, they've been supporters. So it's important It's important for us to, to get results, really. And it's not, not like I'm going to walk away and not care. I mean, yeah, I'm like a supporter, really, like the, like the supporters are. But yeah, and the players and I appreciate that. I mean, I don't really feel pressure in that. I, it's just one of those, because I want to win. It's it's a different thing um, I've never really I haven't got the stress of it it's just my desire to win really uh, and luckily you know there's coaching staff and as we say the directors chairman and the supporters are pulling the same way hopefully this can uh, can push us on and maybe go from strength because for the last five and a half years we've been very successful and everything's been going great 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 and occasionally a kick in the uh, nether region probably makes you rejig things about yeah we have to get together and uh, get a plan together really it's been too easy for us really been so successful so easily uh, but this league's really hard now and uh, as long as we can all work together I'm sure we'll do really well uh, and final question for me you've spoken about togetherness a few times uh, tonight Dover traditionally finds it a bit more difficult to recruit because of its geographical location. Is that togetherness, that family atmosphere at the club, something you can use in recruiting players? Well, I'd like to think so. I mean, you know, how many players have gone from us and gone into the football league? I mean, you know, probably every year, uh, you know, we've got one, two, three, three of them going in the league every year. Uh, usually they're inexperienced players. Uh, and, it, you know, <laughs> Ricky Miller, uh, he, nobody wanted him when we signed him. First three games we didn't play him. We were trying to teach him the game. And he scores 40, a record. 
record. Uh, that's what we do, you know. We've had defender Raggett, he's at Norwich, you know. Uh, so we've, we've a lot of players who've been with us two, a couple of years, two or three years. We know they had two play. They've got two players here. Uh, they, they took three of our players a couple of years ago, didn't they? Uh, Sutton here. Uh, so you know, if you want to, if you're a young player and you want to progress, it's probably a great, great time. Yeah, geographically, it's always been really difficult. You know, I manage Margate as well, so I've always had that. Uh, it's a little bit extra, a little bit harder, but what do you do you feel sorry for yourself or because no one else feels sorry for you and you just get you work a little bit harder than everybody else and, and try to get success uh, so hopefully that we can continue to do that at least we're not too far from London we train not far outside London so that that does help as well but it is difficult uh, but as I say we're, we're all happy but we're not going to get carried away we're not too low when, when we didn't win and we're not going to get too high with a with result that was Dover manager Chris Kinnear and they couldn't follow up that positive result with a, a they had a home fixture against Barrow on Saturday and they couldn't follow it up but they lost by two goals to nil and Chris Kinnear he said about the support of the fans, but to lose at home to ba- to Barrow, we were only mid-table. You wonder what the fans are thinking now after that. I think that was devastating for them. That I think that was really devastating for Dover because um, what a great interview, by the way, by Tom in, in midweek. I thought that was a really telling interview with Chris Kinnear, and um, you know he was talking about this could be the turning point. You know this this could be when when things turn around for us this season with that point they got in, in midweek and um, they would have been really, really wanting to capitalise on that and um, to lose 2-0 to Dover again, you know, what a long trip for Barrow that is as well down to Dover. I mean, anyway, it's quite a long way from Dover, isn't it? But um, for them to, to go down at home against Barrow, uh, as you say, they would have pinpointed three points from that game and I, I do worry for them because you do think that point could have been a turning point. They wanted it to be, and it, it wasn't, unfortunately. Yeah, they'd have put a they would have put a red mark around that one to say, look, this is a game we bounced back in, and they didn't. But credit to Barrow, they went down there. A really another long trip. They seem to all have the long trips in the National League yesterday. But Jack Hindle came on a sub in the 64th minute, scored in the 69th and 83rd, and won the game for him. And, and Jack Hindle's having a, a really good season, Chris. As we said, he was at Colwyn Bay last year, which is three divisions below the National League, and he's taken to it like a duck to water. Well, we know very well there's a lot of good quality, isn't there, in, um, in, in the lower leagues. And it seems like a lot of teams are, are picking players from um, those divisions now to come up. And we, we had a chat about Barrow's recruitment uh, at the beginning of the season. I think I, I was a perhaps a little bit worried that they had brought maybe um, too many guys from, from that sort of level but Josh he's doing the business isn't he and uh, you know, fair play to him because it is a big step up and but he's doing it and another team down there are Maidstone they've, uh, but they've picked up over recent weeks they, they went to Aldershot and got a smash and grab by all accounts on Tuesday and Rob caught up with the Maidstone United manager Harry Wheeler after the game now things have calmed down a little bit here at the Ebb Stadium the floodlights have gone out but uh, Harry Wheeler has very kindly joined me for about his sixth post-match interview this evening Harry we'll talk a little bit about the game but also the situation you've found yourself in over the last month or so let's start with tonight I bet seven days ago if somebody had said you'd get two one nil away wins you'd have bitten their hand off wouldn't you? Yeah no 100% of course we would have um, that we trust our ability when we come in and what we can do but you never know how, things, how quickly they change it and that's credit to the players they've uh, taken on very quickly what we want the high demands the high standards we want and work rate and they've executed it straight away so the credit goes to them. 
You've acted quickly, haven't you, Harry? Um, you came in, I think you went with what there was for the first game or two, and then uh, you brought in six players, five of which started tonight. Now, regardless of how they're organised on the pitch, that can't be easy for the dressing room, first of all. No, it can't be. Um, you know, we, was, after the first game, it needed a big shake-up. If you keep doing the same things, you get the same results, and we had to change it quickly. Um, and I wanted to do it in a drastic measure because I don't want it to become pre-season, you know, where we're bringing a pl- one player in a week and new faces, new faces, and suddenly it's unsettling. I wanted to bring a group in of five or six players straight away and then settle it and say, right, that's your squad. Um, and, you know, one or two will come in during the season. That's, that's football, it works. But they're used to that. They're not used to three or four every week, so I had to do it all at once. Uh, you're a bright young coach, and, and I'm sure you've got lots of ideas that you want to implement, but you can't implement them all straight away. So how did you manage to get Maiden, uh, Maidstone United looking such a cohesive unit out there defensively uh, against Aldershot Town tonight? They were quickly into position, making themselves hard to break down, throwing bodies. What, what do you do? Just give one or two simple instructions to start with? Or? Um, basic organisation. Um, make the game very simple let's not come in and try and work on patterns and shapes when they're, you know, they're not doing the basics right just get the basics right for now and we've installed them to do the basics which they're doing and in time we know we'll improve performance wise and we'll push on but it's about results football if we do the basics you've got a chance if you don't do them you've got no chance um, so just install them for now and gradually we'll put a bigger spin on it but not, not yet defensively very organised great shapes some heroic last minute defending one or two headed off the line or cleared off the line as well but that gets you a point Mr. Turgut at the other end had two chances, put them both on target, drew good saves from Cole, but the second one, uh, the fingertips weren't enough to keep it out. Um, Blair Turgut, he's on hot form right now, isn't he? I think that's seven for the season. He, he, he struggled to, to maybe find consistency of goals and consistency of one club. Has he arrived at the right club at the right time? Um, look, I've been a fan of Blair for a while. I tried to sign him at the last club, and he, he stayed higher, which I liked. His attitude, he wanted to play higher. Great to him. He's managed well by good people, and he's come to the right place where you know we'll give him the light to shine. And at the same time, he's uh, it's down to him. His ability is fantastic, and just keep him on the right road, and you know he'll, he'll have a good career in the game. And that was Harry Wheeler there, and um, interestingly, he's brought in so many players. He's also transfer transfer listed five this week, and told a few more that they can leave as well so he's really starting to stamp his mark down there Blair Turgot scored again on Saturday as they drew at home to Chesterfield decent point for Chesterfield coming from behind and it just, but it just keeps Chesterfield just above the relegation zone we'll talk about them in a minute Chris but for Maidstone four points again they'll be pleased with that although they'd probably preferred it the other way around a draw away from home and a win at home but they'll have taken that won't they I think check it all day long that's seven points out of the last nine and um, Maidstone are one of the teams uh, one of the moving teams down in that in those bottom reaches aren't they and uh, you know they're, they're doing really well and and fair play for them turning it around and another good interview wasn't it with, with Harry Wheeler quite insightful I thought that uh, from Rob on, on Tuesday night and you know they they do seem to be turning it round and and it does make you worry for some of the teams a bit further further below them because you know you mentioned Braintree earlier Braintree look a little bit stranded down there Dover but um, certainly makes them seem to be turning it round. It's interesting because everyone says about the 4G gives an advantage, but for Maidstone, they've only won one game on it this season, and they've actually done better away from home, surprisingly. So you'd like to think that that home advantage on that pitch will eventually bear fruit as the season goes on. I, 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 do you know? I think the whole um, the whole 4G debate is becoming a bit secondary nowadays because 
Um, I mean, these players all train on it uh, during the winter. A lot of teams have got them now. A lot more teams are going to have them in recent years. And, and for football, for football purists, who um, like to play the game played on grass, you can see more and more 4G pitches. And it does make sense for community clubs um, to put that down. And I don't think there's any excuses anymore for the way teams go into those sort of places. Below Maidstone, two points below our Chesterfield. As we said, Mark Anton. Fortuna grabbed them a point yesterday and they're really struggling Chesterfield Martin o- uh, I nearly said Martin O'Neill <laughs> Martin Allen uh, Martin Allen was really defined in the non-league paper he's had an interview with Ian Ridley and he said look we can still make the playoffs now we haven't got your opinion on Chesterfield so far Chris Rob and Tom think they may well uh, fight their way up the table but could they do another York and slip straight through to National League North or do you think they can get in the playoff no I, well I, I don't think either of those two things actually I don't think they're uh, I don't think they'll make a run for the playoffs the 13 points behind we're 14 games into the season now that's a big chunk what, what's that about a third nearly a third of the way through 13 points off is a long way whereas they are one point above the relegation zone I think they'll get out of those problems I think they'll finish 9th or 10th I think they'll have a very similar season to Leighton Orient uh, last season while they were acclimatised I think the, the disappointing thing for Chesterfield is they started like a house on fire and that probably gave the fans belief and so to have dropped like a stone in the last um, you know nine or ten matches is incredibly disappointing for them I think they'll end up I think they'll end up mid-table yes it'll be interesting I mean if you read the Chesterfield form there's a lot of discontent they think the season's over already so Martin Allen's going to take a lot of winning over the fans I think and to do that he's got to win the games but if they do get into the playoffs and around the playoffs you will see that stadium full up the Prolac Stadium uh, it, it will get filled up it will be a really tough place to go yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and it's, you know, it's a really nice ground it's, it's a top facility and it's a ground that um, you know should be hosting games at in league football really if we're quite honest I can see why the fans are discontented they've got a big name in let's face it Martin Allen he's a big name and he has been there and he's done that and, you know mainly at Barnet that's what he's most uh, recognised for but he's got the experience he'll have the contacts and I think he's got enough there that he can pull players in from different places as and when he needs to as the season goes on I, I think uh, I think we need to stick with him and I think the fans need to probably get behind him so we'll move on to the National League North now. Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League North, Charlie, they stay top of the division, although they could only draw 0-0 against Chester yesterday, uh, which means that they still have only conceded four goals all season, Charlie. They'll be slightly disappointed, won't they, Chris? Although for Chester, that's a really good result going there. Big result for Chester, but shock. Oh, what's going on at Charlie? Charlie not scoring and not winning. I can't believe it. I mean, we've, we haven't said that very much this season, have we? Um, but full credit to Chester, absolutely full credit to Chester. I saw the interview uh, with Anthony Johnson at the end of the end of the game, and I think the whoever it was who was interviewing did say, "Look, are you disappointed you didn't get the three points in that game?" And he said, uh, "Yeah, he's a, he was a bit disappointed, but that's a big point for Chester." And just looking at Chester at the minute, Chester. It, very clever with the signings. They brought in Gary Stockforth, who's a player that I know well from from Stockport County, and he's a battle. He he's, he gets everywhere. He gets in your face. He's he's everywhere. And uh, with a guy like that running around with, he wears his heart on the sleeve. You know, I can see why and how they've gone to to Charlie and got that point. 
Yeah, they've moved up to eighth in the division and they've had a bit of a stop-start season, it was fair to say, Chris, and it? They obviously, they started off okay, then they had that 8-1 defeat, then they had the issues where they couldn't play at home and they had games called off, so they've had to catch up on the games. But they've done, they've done well in recent weeks in the games that they caught up on. They've still got a game in hand on the teams above them and they're just outside the playoffs now. And do you feel they're just starting to pick up some momentum now? Yeah, absolutely, and um, momentum's a really good word, isn't it? Because you, you mentioned the troubles they've had with the ground, and you know they couldn't play there for a few weeks, and you think they'd lose momentum from that, but as they're playing a bit more regularly, they're having to squeeze more games in in midweek and everything. That momentum is building up, and they they are in a bit of a role at the moment. And um, you know, fair play to the, to the managers there, you know, Marlon Johnson, because it, it, they will have been, you know gutted and it was I was really interested to see how they do somewhere other than Salford because it felt like they'd been there for donkey's years didn't it, it they, they weren't in the end but it really did and, and to see them doing it at a different club is, is really pleasing I was going to say hanging on to the coat Charlie's coattails but the more sort of just stood in the distance with the look at Shield in their eyes a little bit at Kidderminster who were in second place they got a good win over Aldergham yesterday and, and Shane who we had on last week said that uh, it was a really good result for Kidderminster Harriers they held out for the win against the best side to come to Agbra so far in Aldergham and we heard that from Shane last week they're all pretty football last year Kidderminster didn't really have a, uh, a plan B but this year they've got a bit more steel about them haven't they? Yeah no, they really do and uh, a really early goal really helps doesn't it so after one minute Edward Williams scored them and uh, that really sends you on the way but they, they kept getting well they got pegged back and then they, they went ahead again and it looks like a great game to, to have been at that now so he said he's the best sign Alter can be seen and you can understand that because the way Alter can play football I mean Graham McLaren got in touch as well he's an Alter can fan and he said it's a story of the season it was a great match to be involved in uh, well played to Kinnaminster but goals win games I'm afraid and it's 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 sort of like that for Altrincham as well, Chris. At the minute, they're playing good football, but they can't keep that back door shut. They're, they're winning games, but they're, they're entertaining. They're winning games, but they're conceding goals as well. Yeah, they're very entertaining, and um, they play a great brand of football. But um, I think if you look back in history, how many uh, how many titles did Kevin Keegan win? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, none, I think, is the answer. Well, maybe the first division championship, the old first division. Uh, as they call it yeah I think he did mate yeah I think he did in third place I mean coming out of nowhere they've always been in and around the playoffs but they're, they're shot up into third place now with Bradford who won by a, a goal to nil at Alfredton on Saturday not only is that a great result but it, it's a really good result that going to Alfredton because we know they're really hard to beat under Billy Heath uh, do you think they've maybe lost some of that weaponry Alfredton that they have with, with Tom Denton going to Chesterfield uh, and, and what do you think of Bradford I mean are you surprised that they're in third not wishing to blow my own trumpet but if we go back to the uh, predictions at the start of the season I think I put Bradford Park Avenue up there <laughs> <laughs> and um, I will revisit that spreadsheet after the after we've recorded the podcast actually but um, no I'm not surprised they're up there because they've got a really good manager they've strengthened um, in the close season and they're really difficult team to play and they're a difficult team to play at home I know yesterday was a, a really good away win but it's a very difficult place to go I think because it's unusual and, and teams um, teams aren't, aren't used to going to, to Bradford Park haven't you you've got the running track around it crowded quite a long way away from the pitch and all that sort of stuff and, and sometimes it can feel like um 
uh, you, you know, you, you think that you're at home when you're at Bradford Park Avenue, some of the bigger clubs, because they bring so many fans. But it's not; it's a difficult place to go, and I'm not surprised by then. By them on Alfreton, well, Tom Denton is a massive loss, isn't it? And um, when you bring Tom Denton in, you probably build your, your team around him because uh, he's a guy that. Is a menace, isn't he, to defenders? And I think they probably have lost the way a little bit um, with losing him, but it's still a difficult place to go. So uh, that is a really good three points for, for Bradford yesterday. If you're going to blow your trumpet about Bradford, can I throw <laughs> Spennymore back at you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd do that. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, Spennymore was a good win at Hereford, but it's a Hereford side that seemed, well, we talked about momentum for Chester. I mean, they're on the slide, Hereford, now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, dare I say it, is it of their own making? Um, it was a surprising decision a few weeks ago with uh, with Beadle going and everything. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's difficult to uh, difficult to have sympathy with that position. But Spennymore, what a fantastic win! And we, you know, we were talking about Bradford Park Avenue uh, a moment ago, and someone who came from Bradford Park Avenue uh, scored a goal yesterday. Adam Bowers at Spennymore, he was a great signing for them. And um, that is a really good win for Spennymore. Really, really good win for Spennymore. And I think it's just it just shows that um, they're going to be there and thereabouts uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, another team who was, who was slowly picking up and moving into the playoff places are, are Brackley. They've they've had a slow start to the season. They got a two 0 win against Southport. We'll come on to Southport shortly, Chris. But Brackley again, there. Uh, I think people have got to be a bit wary of them who were ahead of Brackley at the minute. They'll be looking over the shoulders now, won't they? Yeah, and um, if we go back to the prediction spreadsheet, I have them winning the league, so I'm pleased to see them uh, moving up a little bit. But um, I tell you what, they've got a great player there in James Armson. I think we've spoken about him so many times on the podcast. He's he's a quality midfielder. He he scored again yesterday. He's got that in his locker, and uh, you know, fantastic win for Brackley. What a, what a team that, that really does punch above the weight. Um, Brackley, very difficult place to go. Did they have the best? They had the best home record in Europe, I think, <laughs> last season. And um, uh, you know, they'll be pleased that they're beginning to uh, to build another fortress there this season. And finally, before we move a bit further down the table, Boston they moved back into the playoff places with a three-one win at Kurs and their away form seems to be better than the home form Chris at the minute I mean you look at um, I think I pointed it out the other week Boston they played 11 won 6 lost 5 so you never know what you're going to get with them but they seem to be pretty poor at home but quite good away from home yeah it's a strange one isn't it I think they're set up to play at home actually I think the way they set up I've seen them away this season and um, yeah they're just just the way they set the team up. Now I haven't seen them at home, obviously, but they, they, they look, they're a counter-attacking team. And um, I mean, the thing what I, what I would say about Boston is I know there's a couple of loan signings in there. I know Akeem Rose. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's on loan as well. He scored yesterday, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, if if those loan signings carry on throughout the season or or whether they've got enough strength in depth with their own squad players to see whether they can uh, they can sustain a push. But I think on the away thing where I think they, they just naturally set up to do well away from home. We'll move further down the table. Over the past few weeks we've been praising Leamington to the hill. <laughs> They've had a bad week actually. They, they crashed out the FA Cup to Stourbridge last weekend and then Chris, you went to watch them down at Ashton United yesterday and it was looking okay for them until the last few minutes. Oh, it was so tough on Leamington yesterday because it was a, it was a 50-50 game. It really was one of those and um, 
you'll hear you'll obviously hear from Paul Holland at the minute he in a minute he was gutted because they went ahead and it was probably I didn't have the clock on it but it was probably about 20 seconds or something like that and I, you'll hear that I do ask him you know can we score too early in, in the interview and uh, you know maybe they did in that game because it was a late injury time winner as well that downed them and it was it was harsh on them because I think I think even Aston United fans would say a draw was probably a fair result in that game as Chris said he caught up with the Leamington manager Paul Holleran after the game and with me I've got Paul Holleran after the, the full time so now Paul you must be bitterly disappointed about the outcome of that game because it, it didn't feel like one that you, you were going to lose no not at all and uh, listen it's a game that we've really started on the front foot and you know you just when we got a little bit complacent a little bit but you know we had, had that many chances and that much play in their, in their third and We've let them off the hook, really. And so for the game to be 1-1 at half-time after a game that probably could have been 4-0, you know, we've made a mistake on the edge of our box for the first goal. So it's disappointing. It was always going to, I think, more difficult second half because it's, the slope's got an advantage of the Suns and it was difficult. You know, balls that normally you could probably deal with, struggling to, to deal with. But when we didn't show enough quality on the counter-attack second half, more so than we did first half. First half we got there and then it was the final pass of the final cross of the final shot that let us down. Second half, just I mean the game just picked me out. You, you sort of think you're away from home. It's it's a game that we, we could have won, but mm. okay, it's difficult. Just make sure you don't get beat really and you know and, and so that and then so but that at the end really is you know, it's um you, there's lots of things you can talk about that goal, but the biggest point is is from a defensive point of view is that the fact they've gone in behind us, but it's the, it's the ball that's come across we've got that many bodies in there, and so for the ball to trickle its way through, and I think they showed a bit more desire than us to get on the end of and that's bitterly, bitterly disappointing. No, it's a cliche, but can you score too early? Because I, I didn't have a clock on it, but it must be about 30 seconds or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. I don't think it was even 30 seconds, yeah. yeah. Um, there is that, but I think that was then, that was the time for us then to really get on the front foot, and we did, but yeah, we just yeah. didn't put the ball in the net. And like you say, I think if, you know, within the first 10 minutes, we've actually probably had three, four really good opportunities, and, and I think that the point. I think where the game probably was at that point was they were a bit shell-shocked, we were on the front foot and you, you, we've got to be more ruthless then, we've got to go and get the second goal and get the second goal into a different afternoon then. Yeah, yeah. Um, people talk about the first goal being important but I think at that, at that period and the amount of times we've got one-on-one and mm. overloads in, in areas and uh, obviously they're good, you know, what they do, they're, they're good at it, um, we certainly try to and, and listen so it's just probably the way the last couple of weeks have gone for us, you know, we were probably the better side last week and We've lost to a late goal. We've worked, you know, we've worked hard this week. You know, you try and iron out things and think you're sorted. And uh, yet again, we've conceded another injury time winner, and it's uh, it's a little tough period for us at the moment. Now it's a shame in a way that we're talking to you today after a defeat because we've wanted to talk to you for a while because you've had, in general, had a really good start to the to the season. Yeah. Uh, you've had some good away games. I know there was, it was a bit disappointing last week and everything, but what's been the the secret this year to be in the top half? of the table rather than I know we just avoided relegation last season what, what's changed? Well we scored more goals mm. that, that, that's certainly a, a plus um, our home form's certainly been better I mean listen there's a slight change in personnel I think some players have benefited from the experiences last year you know, and, and so the squad's definitely stronger mm. we're 12 games in in this division now and we've had two or three like this we've had two or three where we've actually been a better side than losing like goals and all sorts so we're in every game compared to probably this time last year where we looked yeah. a little bit out of our depth like you say it's a good start but we've probably threw six, seven points away as well so it could have been so much better yeah. Um, so yeah I mean we're certainly happy with that but this league can change quickly you know yeah. there's, there's, there's not many points separating a lot of teams so yeah 
great. You know, we've got to learn some lessons from today because coming to Ashton, and this is we're in a similar corner about if you feel come you know Ashton and Leamington and along with six or seven other clubs really are in the same similar kind of position and these are games at the start of the season you pinpoint what we've done this year we've won a couple of games that probably you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. Did, people didn't so as a squad and that we're in a good place we're just it, it's been a tough couple of Saturdays for us because in both games we haven't got what, what we deserved and in both we've lost to late goals now I say we haven't got what we deserve sometimes you get, you get what you do deserve but we've got we've been punished because same as Savage we didn't take opportunities we've considered poor goals at four times and you know and keep saying all the time at some point we've got to start learning lessons and it's obviously we haven't have we again after, you know you know, like you say if you look at the stats the amount of goals we've conceded 90 plus not alone 80 but 90 plus this season is um, quite fun and there wasn't much danger that's the frustrating thing we have conceded a couple of late goals when teams get overloads and try and get back in the game but Saturday the last two Saturdays we're not playing against sides that have bombed people I think they, they took the point as well to a certain degree um, so to be conceding goals when teams aren't really overloading you and bombing you it just got a got man the back on the left hand side and we haven't defended the cross it's, it's frustrating really frustrating just one more on that it looked like they were trying to create a bit of niggle they were trying to create a bit of something towards the end of the game do you think that rattled your guys a little bit? Possibly, yeah, it's a bit all part of it, isn't it? I mean, I think sometimes, from our point of view, when a, a team like us, we were probably so much in control at one period, mm. you try and get players off the game. And I think one or two, one or two of our fell for the bait a little bit, really. Mm. But, you know, you, you get all kinds of challenges, don't you? And you come, you come to a place like this and... Uh, they don't apologise for it, do they? So we've just got to deal with it. But at the end of the day, we lost the game because one, we haven't put it to bed and we should have done. And we've been sloppy at the end. And you know, and, you know, listen, there'd have been a tint of disappointment with the point because I thought we did enough to win it, but to get nothing is really, really disappointing. Okay, Paul, commiserations. Thanks yes. for coming on the podcast. Good luck for the rest yeah, of the season. See you again soon. So that was Leamington manager Paul Holler, and it was interesting to hear Chris that last year he felt they're in survival mode, whereas this year he's like, well, we've done well, but we should have done better. Yeah, um, I think one of the telling things that he said we've beaten sides that we, uh, you know, we didn't expect to, to be. I thought I thought one of the fascinating things to come out of that interview was where he talked about the six or seven teams in a similar boat to Leamington. Now, he didn't elaborate on that, but what I, what I presume he means by that is the similar-sized clubs to Leamington in the situation, Ashton United being one of them. Um, he's probably looking at you know the likes of Kers and Aston possibly, and I think he he, he he sounds to me reading between the lines that he certainly earmarks those games as games that they have to win or have to get something out of, which is what made yesterday so disappointing for them. I think just behind them is York City, and interestingly for York, it was a, a game on Saturday where they went behind. Now when they've gone behind at home this season, they've struggled to come back, but they roared back on Mumbai at four goals to two. And that'll be a massive boost for him. Sam Collins, who was in caretaker charge, looks like he is favourite to get that job now, Chris. But I know they're only in 11th, but that'll be a massive win for him to come from behind and score four goals. It's not happened at Booth and Crescent that often since they've got relegated into the National League North. Yes, and um, what will make that even more sweet is that it's a local derby, isn't it? And uh, York fans will obviously remember that, that Geisley scuppered them a couple of seasons ago in that, I think it was a televised game, wasn't it, at the end of the season? And... Um, That'll make that win really sweet and um, over 2,000 there, good crowd still at York City but um, yeah, they needed that one, didn't they? I would say, they, they really do need that if they want to get their, uh, their can you call it promotion campaign, playoff campaign possibly now if you look how far Charlie are ahead, um, if they want to get that into gear. We'll head down to the bottom now and 
One prediction that will look as though we're all getting correct is FC United to struggle. One prediction that we're all getting incorrect is Southport. As I said, they lost 2-0 at Brackley and they're finding it a real struggle. Only one win this season, Chris. Yeah, and it's, uh, well, it's a funny one, isn't it, Southport? Because I thought they'd do all right. And I think I think in these sort of situations, you do have to look back and you have to think, was getting rid of Kevin Davis a good idea? And, you know, for, for all where you know, Southport finished at the end of last season, they did have a run of about 10 games, didn't they, where they maybe they may won 89 of those or something, and uh, you fired them up the table, and, you know, it was surprising at the time, and I think it's even more surprising. It's perhaps coming on to roost at the minute. They're a big club, they've got big plans off the pitch, you know, things seem to be going nicely off the pitch, but it's just not working for them on the pitch. Yeah, and I mean, I presume part of the plan off the pitch is to not get relegated into the Evo Stick division. Now, they took a chance on, on bringing Liam Watson back. He's been out of the game for a couple of years, and he's a legend there at Southport. So what did he do, Chris? Did he stick? Did he twist? Did he hope it gets better? Or did he look at making a change? Well, Liam Watson's had a director of football role, if, if I'm not wrong, hasn't he, at Southport before? So I think, um, you know, I think he's... He knows that club inside out, doesn't he? And, um, you know, I, th- I think he'd be honest enough if things aren't going that well, if it carries on, that he, I think they'd all have a chat and look at that and maybe he could move back into a, a director of football position again and, and, and get someone else in because, I mean, I don't often talk about making managerial changes. It's not fair. He's still got a bit of time to um, to sort it out and to to try and bring bring some players in and you know jiggle a few things around. But oh, it, it is looking it isn't looking good for them, is it? Let's be honest. No, and it's not looking good for SC United, is it either, Chris? I mean, we, we know this show goes out on their radio station, so we won't be too critical of them. But they're in. Well, they're, they're really struggling as the four points off the drop zone already. And again, their away forms letting them down a little bit. They've lost seven games out of 11 as well, Chris. And um, Tom Greaves, he, he kind of left, didn't he? I don't think he could cope with how it was going on. And they've not got a permanent manager in there. And it just seems a bit of a mess, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And um, it was a six-pointer, wasn't it, yesterday? It really was a six-pointer. And... Uh, to lose that game is, is an absolute hammer but I think for me I think it looked like they were rallying wasn't it and they got three draws in a row, in a row not so long back and um, they really needed to nick a winner in at least uh, a couple of those games and, and the pitch would be a bit more rosy they'd be on 10 points now if they had managed to nick a winner I think it's really difficult I'm not sure they've got the right blend in that squad they've got a lot of experienced players there and they've got a lot of youngsters I'm not sure they've got much in between but what we do know is they've got great support there um, they've got they've still got big plans their rise their momentum as a club over the last few seasons seems to have halted and uh, you know I for one really do hope they turn it around and um, hope they can get a little bit of run and, and get out of that relegation zone so now we'll move on to the National League South. Hi, I'm Jay Robinson and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League South, Bill and Ricky, they stay top on a goal difference after a 2-0 win at Hampton and Richmond Borough. And Chris, do you have a guess who got the first goal for Bill and Ricky? It wouldn't be Jake Robinson, would it? Correct, Chris. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he scored the first goal uh, to set Bill and Ricky on their way at Hampton and Richmond Borough. On the coattails, uh, Woking, and it could have been so much better for Woking. They could have actually gone top but they were denied 
denied by two late goals from Jamie Reid down at Torquay and Gary Johnson's been brought in at Torquay Chris and that's a shrewd appointment for Torquay and it's bearing fruit already in there that you'll I'm you won't be surprised to see them climb the table shortly. That's an incredibly shrewd appointment, isn't it? A guy who's been there, he's done that at a higher level. He's uh, a really good appointment now. So for them to, to get a point against Woking is a massive result, especially being down as well with 10 minutes to go. And, uh, you know, fair play to January for popping up and getting those two vital goals there. I think Woking are going to be disappointed, aren't they? They've slipped up in recent weeks and if they're not careful, they've got to really halt that, that momentum switch, if you like, because Bill Ricky have now leapfrogged them. And um, Bill Ricky seem to be doing okay, don't they? Even after their... Uh, their changes in recent weeks. Welling, Welling are another team who are going really, really well. They went to Bath City on Saturday. Bath, they've had a good start to the season, but they lost by two goals to nil at home to Welling. And Jerry Gill, the Bath City manager, said it was a, re- a reality check. They gave away awful goals. But he, he's told everyone not to panic and they'll come back next Saturday stronger. So that's good words from your leader there, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, that's what you want to hear, isn't it? It really is what you want to hear, especially in public. you want to be supported by your boss and uh, you know very good words there and Welling it's good to see Welling doing all okay isn't it because they've been a bit of a misnomer haven't they in recent seasons and they've, you know, you'd think they're going to be up there and, and thereabouts and a, a fantastic win for them yesterday yeah, he did also go to go on to praise Steve King as well, and I think we all predicted Welling to be there or thereabouts, and he did wonders at White Hart last year, and uh, you won't be surprised to see Welling maybe gate crash the top two soon. Yeah, I think so, and he didn't just do wonders, did he, at White Hart? He turned their form around from a team that couldn't pick up a point from anywhere to probably, if you look at the form guide in the second half of the season, they might, might have finished about fifth or sixth, I think. Um, so you know he's a good boss we know he's, he's got the business and um, I think yeah like I say I think they'll be up there the team have um, sneaked into the playoff places St Albans are going to have to a slow start they had a good win 4-2 at Chelmsford City and Chelmsford they're a bit of an enigma Chris aren't they we always expect them to be there or thereabouts but they're kind of just swimming around in mid-table at the minute yeah they were hit by a bit of a sledgehammer yesterday weren't they with Ralston Gabriel uh, getting four goals <laughs> Um, four goals in 20 minutes as well so um, you know performance of the day probably goes to him doesn't it but uh, yeah Chelmsford they're going to be really disappointed about that they've lost to a very good team though they, they, they don't seem to be Chelmsford don't seem to be a team who look like they're going places at the moment the, the mediocre they win one week they lose the next week they draw they win they lose they draw they win they lose they need to get some sort of form going, I think. Indeed, they do. We're interested to see if they can pick up. We'll have Caroline Barker in our case, I think, if, <laughs> if we carry on about them. But uh, Chris of the podcast struck this week. We praised chipping him to the high hilt last week. Well, they only went and lost, didn't they, on Saturday down <laughs> at Dulwich Hamlet by two goals to nil. So uh, apologies there to all chipping him fans. It, it's probably our fault that you've lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slough, good win for them over Hungerford. But another team I want to talk about are Gloucester City. They've had a massive boost this week where it looks like they're going to move closer back to the city. They're playing at Evesham at the minute. they got a draw at home to Eastbourne Borough. Not a bad result in the circumstances considering Eastbourne starts the season. But for Gloucester, that'll give them a real boost now, won't it, Chris? Knowing that maybe they're going to be moving home shortly and they'll want a strong start and they'll want to be in the National League South when they get there. 
Yeah, completely. And off off the field stuff has really overshadowed Gloucester in, in recent seasons, hasn't it? And um, it it can't help you. It can't help you on the pitch. And and you just hope that they hang around in this division and get that sort of stuff sorted. Because Gloucester's, you know, Gloucester's a city that does deserve a football team, um, a football team playing in the city, and a football team doing well. There's a big fan base there. It's a bit in rugby country, isn't it? But I know they are well supported, Gloucester, and uh, and you, you hope that they they can hang in there. Team down at the bottom, you need to hang in there. Need to pick up points quickly. Western Supermare, they remain bottom after a 2-1 defeat at Dartford. Now, manager Mark McGregor, he bemoaned poor refereeing decisions but felt more positive at his side's display. And they had a similar start last season, Chris, didn't they? I remember you saying Mark McGregor came out and said, look, they've got to um, ship up our, uh, our shape. They've got to shape up, basically. They had Dale Grubb at that stage. He fired them up to mid-table. Now Dale Grubb's gone. They, just, they don't seem to have got replacement for him. I know we all predicted them to struggle, but they are really struggling badly at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, they're having a Western Super Nightmare at the moment, aren't they? I mean, it's it's awful. It really is. It's it's not very good at all. They haven't, they haven't won a single game this season. Um, the shipping goals and there's so much. You know, I think sometimes when managers got come out and talk about refereeing decisions, and you think, well, yeah, fair play, you might not be getting the run of the green, but. You know that's, that's zero wins. They've really got to turn something around. They just uh, they've got they've got stuck in a bit of a rut, haven't they? I think. And when you do get stuck in that bit of a rut, it's difficult even to bag a point. And um, you know I haven't seen any of their games, so I, you know I'm not qualified really to to talk about it. But you know when you lose. You go on the pitch hoping to win rather than thinking you're going to win. And uh, we saw Whitehawk in a similar situation at this stage last season, and it was really difficult for them to get out of it, even with a big run. I think there's probably four or five teams down there who are going to struggle, so if one does put a run together, uh, they might be okay, but it's not looking good at the moment for Western Supermare. Western Supermare will be hoping to claw those six points back to get out of the relegation zone, which is currently being held by Hungerford, who are one place above there after their defeat away at Slough. So we're starting a new feature where we focus on Step 3 clubs every week. And after some of Tom's predictions so far this season, we had to bring the police in. So we sent him down there to the Met Police on Saturday uh, and he gave us a brief rundown on the history and then caught up with the Met Police manager, Gavin McPherson. Continuing the theme of visiting Step 3 Club each week, we went down to Inver Court to watch Met Police versus Taunton Town. Both sides are new to the division this year, with Taunton Town having been promoted, winning the West Division 1 last season by 19 points above Salisbury Town. However, my focus is going to be on the Met Police. Originally, the club side for the Metropolitan Police, London's Boys in Blue, the Met Police have gradually dwindled in terms of actual playing police officers until I think around 2006 they left with no serving police officers in the squad. However, the club is still part funded by the Police Lottery and they play their home games at the Met Police's Imbercourt Sports and Social Facility, a 3,000 capacity ground down in East Mosey by the the Met struggled to fill the ground, averaging around 150 fans this year. I mean, it's not surprising. I don't think you're going to find a lot of people turning out to support the old bill. But it's a great little club, and it's very friendly when you go down to visit. Tickets are around about £10. You can visit for easily under £20 and get a good standard of football. They were in the Isthmian League last season and got shifted over to the Southern League with the uh, league restructure. Caused a lot of consternation, and the Met Police appealed the decision initially. Uh, but their appeal was rejected, giving them one of the highest amounts of travel per season in Step 3. As a result of this, their long-standing manager, Jim Cooper, ended up leaving the club, 
with his commute from Essex being added to by the additional travelling time. Assistant manager Gavin McPherson stepped up and took the reins, and I'd be speaking to him post-match. They got underway against Taunton Town, who probably came into the match as favourites. However, it was the Met who took the lead through an Ethan Chislett goal. Shortly after this, Taunton equalised through Ben Adelsbury, and then the Met police had a player sent off, expecting them to go on and lose the match down to 10 men. However, that wasn't to be as Max Blackmore sent them into half-time 2-1 up. In the second half, goals for Jack Mazzone, signed in the summer from South Park, and another one for Chislett, either side of a Matt Wright red card for Taunton saw the Met Police run out 4-1 winners turning the form book on its head this lifted them from 12th to 11th in the league and saw Taunton Town drop down from 3rd place where they'd started the day it was a really good result for the Met particularly considering they played 120 minutes against Needham Market in the week and following that I spoke to Gavin McPherson after the match and this is what he had to say yeah obviously we're delighted you know it's, a, it's an old cliche word in football but um, you know I can't, I've just said to the guys in there I'm sort of running out of little phrases for them at the moment because they keep defying what people think is going to happen in games um, very very tough side we face today very direct side we're going to put us under pressure from set pieces and if anything we're not really set up to deal with that necessarily you know teams will look at us and think you know we're young a fresh group but um, you know as they did on Wednesday and as they've done on Tuesday and as they've done in various games before they've come up trumps and they've left me almost sometimes without spe- uh, speechless almost because uh, you know I'm running out of phrases for them coming back from two down, two down at Merthyr coming back from two down at Needham Market the other night and deservedly winning the game and today absolutely outplaying largely a team that are banging form and, and bang fancied in this league reports will show that it was 10 v 10 match finished but your side played 60 minutes with 10 men yes. against 11 yes after 120 minutes of hard football in midweek yep. just how much fitness work are you doing or is that just effort <laughs> am, I, am I surprised by that no I'm not um, and, and that's not to say that um, you know we're doing anything out of the ordinary we are working very hard on fitness but I can go back to numerous games as I said already that we've we've been two two down and we looked at Merthyr the other week a very good Merthyr side if you take that who came at us for the first 20 minutes very organised um, very direct again and we went two down but as the game goes on I, I'm never giving up hope because I know my team's level of fitness is, are, are probably the best that I've seen this season and um, we have worked very very hard with the strength and conditioning coach um, who's been coming in on Tuesdays to, to work on that final 15-20 minutes and as you rightly say you know going down to 10 men yes it causes me some concern you don't want to be doing that but am I surprised that my team's kept going am I surprised that my team's gone on and looked the fitter side absolutely not I mean it was back to the wall stuff for a lot of the game particularly in the first half but once the sides were equal for the last 10 got another goal and the stuff Met Police were playing on the ground keeping the ball is that the sort of football you want to be playing? Absolutely we're, you know, we've, we've got a talented group we've got a really young group but we've got a talented group a lot of these players have been with us for, for a number of years um, not necessarily in the first team but coming up through the uh, through the youth and the under 23s that philosophy has been throughout the club um, this season we've, we've moved in a different direction um, in relation to, to, to a lot of things and I, I, won't, I won't talk too much about what happens behind the scenes at the club but we, we've, we've looked at these younger players they've, they've proved that they can do it at youth and um, under 23 level and we've said okay we're going to give you the chance I 100% believe in them I know we've got good players they will make mistakes at time um, of course they will because some of them are still learning week by week I see those mistakes getting less and less we expected um, Taunton to be a very very direct side play for set plays we'd had, we'd had them watched and be very very difficult to, to contain at set plays 
the loss of Charlie Wasmer was 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 a big blow, you know, um, because we actually didn't have a recognised centre half on the bench. He's been magnificent for us, and I, I really hope that his injury is not um, not long term because he, he'd come here for fitness. In a, in a way, feared for it, but we, you know, we the fitness levels don't surprise me at all. We expected the very backs of the wall game and corners and free kicks and loading us up in the box. We expected that. We knew the game would open up as it went on, and we knew I suspected we'd be fitter. Um, I'm not surprised. And then uh, finally from me, just talking about the season in general, there has been a lot of change at the club over the summer. You've moved to a different league, possibly a stronger league than the Isthmian. Have you set targets for the season? Not at all. I mean, obviously, to stay in the league is the main main priority, of course. We didn't quite know, with all the changes you rightly mentioned, uh, how things would, would necessarily set up. I, I had to basically rebuild a whole team. Um, and as I say, we use the existing players within the club, some of them, and we brought in a few, and they, they, they seem like they've gelled. As for the league... Um, if you'd asked me after three games, I didn't necessarily think the league was better than the Bostic. Um, now I'm looking at it after seven, eight, nine games or whatever we played now, and uh, I'm actually forming the opinion that it, that it is a tougher league than the Bostic. So for that, we must be applauded. As for targets, um, I've just said to them in there, you set your own targets. You set your own targets. I'm going to try and, me and Nursey will try and set up a team each week to go out there and win football matches. Um, if they want to talk about playoffs or mid-table, whatever they want to play, we're not talking about that. We're talking about each week as it comes. Cliche, I know, but I feel that's what we have to do because of the new, fresh group that we've got. Great stuff. Thanks very much. And with that, Tom was bundled into a police van and made to swear under oath that he wouldn't make such silly predictions again. Chris, thanks for joining us and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks, Luke. If you want to get in touch with us it's at NL full time if you want to comment about what you've heard on the podcast this week or you want to get in touch with us with a subject during the week then feel free to do so if you don't have Twitter you can always email us nlfulltime at gmail.com until then we'll see you all soon